We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we're talking about a Nets win over the Warriors, 120-116. How are we doing? Nick Claxton, most improved player, defensive player of the year at the same time. Kyrie Irving locks up and owns Stephen Curry. We ride, baby. We ride. I mean, probably the last nine quarters have been the best nine quarters, maybe, of Kyrie's career in a Nets uniform. We're going to jump on that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But... Jack, who do we start with? Kyrie, Clax, the final stretch. Where do you want to go? Uh, we'll go the final stretch and, and the final quarter and, and maybe in the final quarter and a half, Nick, because the Nets just did a lot to really get themselves back into the game, especially in that third quarter where they outscored the Golden State 26 to 18. There was a little mini run at the end of the, that quarter where there was this befuddling lineup from Jacques Vaughn mm. where it was just no Kyrie, no Ben, no Clax. It was like Seth, Utah, TJ, Joe, and Edmund Sumner, something yep. like that. And I'm just like, this is something, but okay. And it allowed the the Warriors to go on a, a little mini run of themselves and gain a bit of momentum heading into the fourth, which they held. But then Clax and Kyrie continued to do their things. Joe was hitting some nice shots. Royce hit the shot of the night. It was... A hell of a fourth quarter to outscore them 34 to 26. When, as you alluded to off wax, I'm just going to steal it from you. The Golden State Warriors rested all of their starters in their previous game so they could be fit and healthy at home against this Brooklyn Nets team coming off a win against Utah Jazz. I'll put it to you, Nick, because there's a question you asked me off off wax as well, but we'll, we'll put it to the listeners and we'll put it on air. Is this the best win of the regular season for the Brooklyn Nets in their 46 games so far? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Jack, this is minimum top three, top five. You know, we were talking about it. You know, you look at the Bucks win at home. That was kind of the mark of like, hey, the Nets are really good. This winning streak isn't just against bad teams. You know, you probably look at that win against the Cavs. But this win is great for the overall team because of the fact Kevin Durant did not play. And they went into Golden State. You know, they went against one of the best teams in the league. You know, Golden State's record's not as good as it usually is. But Steph missed a lot of time. They were fully rested. They were healthy in this game. And the Nets just outplayed them. And they did a great job defensively down the stretch, just getting stops. And also, we know how good Kyrie Irving is in the fourth quarter. But it feels like he turns it up to another level with these matchups with Steph. You know, last year, he almost got the win on the road against the Warriors by himself. 
Yeah, I remember that game. It was the the wasted Kyrie Irving masterclass that I said no one re- would remember, but of course you and I do. And when it's a Kyrie Irving masterclass, they're, they're hard to forget. And it was another one for him tonight, Nick. 12 of 22 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3, 99 from the free throw line. He's getting some calls. Halla goddamn Luya. Could have got more too. He could, he was, yeah, he could have easily had a lot more. 38 points, 9 assists, 7 boards. I looked this setup. I'm going to be putting it up tomorrow as well. The Nets before tonight were 14 and one when Kyrie Irving shoots 40% or more from three. Make that 15 and one after tonight's performance where he went five and seven. Just a little meaningless, or maybe meaningful stat, but efficient Kyrie is just like when you have the bag that he does and you can still be efficient as he is, you can hit shots when you're on your knees and you probably should be getting a foul call and that probably should be a continuation. But that was just one of the many, many, many offensive and defensive highlights that we saw from King Kai tonight. Yeah, when his three-point shot is on, we've talked about this a lot. Same thing with Kevin Durant is now you're coming out and being aggressive at a three-point line. He's able to get to his spots, and then he can work his magic with his fakes and his dribbling or whatever it is. And he scored over 100 points in the last nine quarters, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah, something like that, because he had, a, what, almost 20 in the quarter against the Suns. 21, scored, wasn't it? Yeah, so 48 uh, uh, in the last game, and then 38 tonight. We're talking about just a ridiculous performance, and the efficiency has been absurd. And also, it's not just the scoring. These these are probably the, the best two-game stretch of Kyrie Irving's career in a Nets uniform, and probably like two his best two game stretch since the 2016 finals. Like he's been awesome, not only offensively but defensively and playmaking. Nine assists tonight and seven boards. He had 11 boards against the Jazz. Like he is just locked in and playing full superstar basketball and just doing everything he can to elevate this team to another level. And we've talked about it in the past, especially when the Nets have struggled. Like, he doesn't necessarily raise his teammates up. Well, the last two games, he's done that. He's done everything if you could have possibly asked of him, and it's led to two wins. On the road yeah, against that- good teams. And he really set the tone early. Like, he had, like, two pull-up, three step-backs over Clay and Curry. And then I think in the next possession, you know, he drives and misses and gets two of his own offensive boards. Yeah. And you're just like, man, Kyrie Irving is on tonight. And I think he gets underrated as an athlete. I've said this in the pod before, but it's been a while, so I might as well bring it in case there's some new listeners. I think he's underrated as an athlete because there's a luxury in him not having played a heap of games over the past two, three years in that there's a freshness to him. There's a vibrancy to him and he has skills going, you know, it's like I get chills all over my body. Like in when it's the grease light and then he's got skills all over his body when it comes to Kyrie Irving, he's insane. And his two way play tonight was insane. And the chemistry that him and Clax have together is unparalleled. And I wanted to look up the stat. I can't wait to see what it is after tonight's game before tonight's game in the absence of Kevin Rant since Kevin Rant went down they played 124 minutes together as a duo Kyrie and Clax and the Nets are plus 10.2 have a plus 10 10.2 net rating when they're on the floor together like it's just they're the two best players on our team and whenever it's that's that's shit that's like Kyrie and KD don't even have together those sort of numbers they have been in freaking sane and we haven't even talked about Clax. I'm sure we could con- continue to speak about Kyrie because he had a Korean night. It's great to be speaking with such positivity and excitement on the buzz. 
Yeah, and the plus minus tonight matches that, Jack. Plus 23 for Clax, plus 22 for Kyrie, uh, best on the team. And I think it's almost like the perfect match because obviously Kyrie has a little bit of deficiency defensively because of his size, didn't have that issue tonight. But Clax is able to cover up so much more, and he also gives you such a great roll and slip threat. You know, not only now can he catch the oops, but he can catch the ball, take a stride, take a dribble, and finish on either side of the rim. And we're seeing a lot of creativity there, too. So just unlocking different aspects of the Nets offense. And it's going to help, too, when Kevin Durant is back. Now some of these bench lineups are going to be substantially more successful because of some of these combinations created in his absence. Yeah, like I always write down whenever Curry and Clax have like a, a little two-man possession. And for me, I think it was like four or five possessions tonight where those two were involved on the offense. And as you alluded to, Nick Claxton, you know, I, I shared the, the turnaround jumper from the Phoenix Suns game because I, I forgot to do it the other night. But obviously he's not Kevin Durant, even though that did look like Kevin Durant. But there is an offensive confidence. And like even him after the game saying he's got to hit him good, his goddamn free throws. He wants to have that 30-point sort of mark. But this was a, a, an incredible performance because they were the two best players on the court tonight yep. in a game that had Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson as well, Jordan Poole, all really good offensive and defensive players. But we had the two best players on the night and it would have been a shame if the Nets did go down because they were both incredible. They were the epitome of that Kobe Shaq dominant meme. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Both of them together. Yeah, and this is a matchup that 
like we mentioned before, Kyrie's that excelled in, but also Clax takes advantage of the lack of length that uh, Golden State plays with. You know, by the fourth quarter, he looked very comfortable attacking Draymond Green and getting his shot. And I think something Clax does really well. And if, you know, we have anime fans, like if you've watched Dragon Ball Z, you know, you think of Goku and every time he fights somebody, he kind of picks up their moves as a game, as the fight progresses. Clax like picks up his opponent's tendencies as the game progresses, you know, and that's offensively and defensively. And that's just like a showcase of a really good player. You know, most really great athletes have some type of mental advantage and the ability to make such quick memory reactions to plays that have happened earlier in the game or previous experiences it helps you get to that next level. And we're seeing Clax really ascend from being an elite role player to potentially entering fringe all-star to potential all-star. You know, if he's not an all-star this season, he will be probably next year because he's continually improving. And and it's not just us that think that. He's yeah. top 10 in voting in, in the front court. And I can't remember what he was in the second returns, but I'm pretty sure he was still 10th. I think he yep, dropped still down. top 10. So, and he dropped down a little bit, but like his game, you, you can't teach basketball feel. You just can't. Like, it's just an, an innate sort of sense for how the game is flowing. And Clax is one of the, the few elite players that has that. You know, it, it's just something that is unteachable. 9 of 13 from the field tonight. 6 of 15 for the free throw line. He knows he's got to get better there. But the hacker Clax was on show, but the Nets still were able to pull out the win. 15 boards, including three of them offensive. A steal, three blocks. He's getting three blocks for like the 12th straight game, I think. That I think is it might now. be a franchise record. We don't have to uh, double check that. I'm pretty sure it is, and it's it's just an insane. He's playing insane freaking basketball. Like there are so only so many superlatives that I can throw out there for Clack City, but 24 points, which is a career high for him tonight. What more can you say about this young up and coming star? And I'm, I don't throw around the term star lightly because. There is so much untapped potential as well. Like on the offensive end, he's only just having the confidence around the rim this season to finish with the left, to finish with the right, to finish the left and right hook. And he is just like, once he unlocks like stuff that he had in college in terms of like some people, we watched a little bit of him and we were really excited about him being drafted and, and shout out to Sean Marks for the drafting at the top of the second round to get clacks. But he had, you know, good passing chops. He had a decent enough jumper in terms of his mechanics and he's sort of been turned into just this incredible big, but he's just, I wouldn't put any limits on the ceiling of Nick Claxton. Like the ceiling is the roof. It's beyond the roof. As Michael Jordan would say, the ceiling is the Northern Hemisphere, Antarctica, the galaxies beyond. He is, he is incredible. It's it's Nick Galaxy Claxton. That's where that's where the that's where the ceiling is for old Clax. I mean, the one play that I really loved in this game too from Clax offensively, Kyrie threw him a pass. It was low, like it was really low. He grabbed it low, took it all the way back up in one motion, and finished the layup. And as you mentioned, Jack. Every time he takes a lefty hook now, it feels like it's going to go down. Really, like almost no matter who it is. And that's just incredible for where he's started in the NBA to where he's at now. And as you mentioned, continuing to ascend. And I'm just really intrigued to see what the next steps are for Clax as the season progresses. You know, if he knocks down his free throws at a decent rate, we're talking about a 30-piece for Clax tonight. It's insane. And I don't know. We know that his contract is like three years, 30 million. I think it's a player option that third year. Whenever the date arrives for Nick Claxton's uh, being an extension due, just give it to him. 
please God, give it to him because the Nets have a big three. And unfortunately, it isn't Ben Simmons in that big three right now. It's Nick Claxton. And consistency, confidence, and dominance is what is leading Nick Claxton to being so goddamn good. And I'll again point out, you know, the durability, 36 minutes for him tonight. That would have been more if he didn't get ta- if he wasn't taken out for like that 30 seconds or so where the, the worries did go to Hacker Claxton a little bit. And that does leave you with a, a, a little bit of worries in the back of your head. But I'm too high on how well he played tonight and the Nets win and Kyrie Irving's performance to analyze that, you know, in, into too much detail. Cause by the end of this season, Nick Claxton could be shooting at a 60% sort of rate. And that's to me is going to be good enough, you know, but, but tonight he was greater than good enough. Yeah. Quick reminder too: Nick Claxton is 23 years old, turning 24 in April. So there's plenty of room for improvement, not only in skill, but physically as well. So Clack's really exciting. As you mentioned, the extension stuff, we're not going to jump into that right now, but it's important to note that like this is a really good young player that the Nets have, and they can retain moving forward to the next chapter after Kyrie and Kevin Durant because of what he's showcasing the ability, you know, continuing to improve. And I think also you mentioned the minutes, Jack. Big credit to Claxton because the work you put in this offseason is paying off. He was not able to stay on the floor at times in his past two years for 24 minutes. And tonight he's playing 36 minutes with great intensity, you know, and chasing around Steph Curry on plays like Clax is playing excellent basketball and taking the NBA profession super serious. And hopefully another offseason is going to continue to ascend him. The two players that stuck out to me, Nick, was he had a, Jordan Poole gets past, I think it was Royce and it was either Royce or Joe. And I'm like, of course, they, they get driven by it. And Jordan Poole's obviously got a, a nice handle. But Clax is like, nah, I'm still here, man. Like, I'm going to recover and I'm going to block the shit out of you. And then goes back to the on the other end and Kyrie feeds him inside and he finishes it behind the head. I'm just like, you alluded to the, the sort of fitness and conditioning that he's got. Like, in seasons past, Clax would, like, jog up the floor because he just wasn't, like, there. He He's inconsistencies in terms of, like, he played 15 games and would miss five, and then he played 10, he'd miss eight. His conditioning is incredible, and I think that is a big reason why he's out there. We've said, you know, in previous years' podcasts, when Nick Claxton is out there, he is so impactful. And now he's out there, and he's out there for 36-plus minutes. I can't wait to continue to see him grow and flourish. And, and the opportunity of... KD not being out there means that Clax is having to take 10 plus shots per game and have the you know, in- increased pick and roll duties and you know his screening and the timing and his intelligence on some of those. He was a poor screener in seasons past. He's a much better screener and his physicality might not be at the level of a Steven Adams, but he's just much more clever. He's he gets in the way. He gets in the way. He's stronger. He's a good ghost screener. He's a good slip screener. We can say so many goddamn things about Clack City and the the superlatives. I'm I'm running out of it. I need 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 to learn a new language so I can continue to praise Clacks in French, Italian, and bloody Latin. Yeah, I mean, also I just want to give him credit too. Is we're starting to see a little ISO here and there for him. You know, creating on his own off the dribble, especially when he's getting a large cushion. You know, Draymond gave him a large cushion tonight. He turned that into an and one play with a euro step. Like. There's a lot of room for opportunity for Clax and just continuing to really be awesome. And it's great to see, especially as two of Clax's biggest supporters over the last couple of years, we saw the flashes and now we're getting the consistency. Yeah, we've been so damn high on him. And, and I, I'll i let people behind the scenes a little bit. I, 
Nick Claxton's, I'm not sure if it's still his agent, reached out to me on, on in the Twitter DM saying we love the support you you and Nick give to Nick Claxton. And, and look, there are plenty of other national media pundits out there that are supporting Nick Claxton, but we are day ones. We're like those guys that love like the indie rock band yeah. before they, they, they hit the big time or we're, we're the guys that are like riding on the Babylon Hive before it wins all the Academy Awards, which it probably won't win. But in, in saying that, it's, it's awesome to see Nick Claxton reap the rewards of all the work, hard work that he's put in because he had a massive offseason and he's playing like a goddamn all-star, like a goddamn defensive player of the year. Like he's up for multiple awards. If he's not all defense, at least he needs some semblance of recognition for this season. Like there's been some incredible defensive players and some incredible improvements by a lot of offensive and defensive players, but we're biased and, and we think Nick Claxton deserves all the plaudits and all the praise. Yeah, I think it's also just important to note, even the stats don't do him justice sometimes with the impact he has defensively out there. But we could probably talk about Clax all night. I think we need time to give Royce O'Neal some credit. Hit a huge three in this game. He's clutch. He's come up big for this team. You know, he might drive us nuts at different points of the season, but he's led to multiple wins for this team down the stretch. 16 points for him, 6 of 10 from the field, 4 of 7 from 3, 6 rebounds, 2 offensive, 1 assist, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers. Royce did his thing, and he was good from three tonight, and that's always a huge difference for the team offensively. I believe he hit his first three threes in, in the first yeah. quarter alone. So if he's three of three, then he goes one of four. And look, the one is the only one that matters because yeah. I was like in my head, I'm I'm not sure what was going through your head as Kyrie. And again, Kyrie driving tonight is, is, a, is a little thing I want to point out. I love it when he gets to... Even the short mid-range, because he's he's his his dexterity around the rim and around the glass, he knows how to finish off the glass better than any, any other, and he's starting to get calls. So I want to Kyrie continue to be aggressive there, and because his aggression led to the winning three tonight from Royce O'Neal, and through my head, Nick, I'm like, I think Royce is gonna hit this. I don't, I'm not sure how you felt, but I'm like. I think Royce is going to nail this one. And it was the same thing that I felt when Utah uh, screened Draymond and, and Joe had a corner three. I'm like, I'm starting to feel a bit more confident about the Nets three-point shooting after the aberration that was uh, the three quarters against the Phoenix Suns. And thankfully, you were you, you lifted my spirits after the, the Jazz recap. And now we get to lift everyone else's spirits together on this one. But Joe and Royce, you know, the Nets starters tonight did all the damage, especially, you know, Joe, Royce, Clax, and Kyrie. To a lesser extent, Ben, we'll get into the BS report a little bit later. Um, and I've, I've officially coined it. I literally had someone reach out to me saying that they want to join the BS report and, and come on the pod to discuss it. But in, in saying that, I just thought that the starters did a great job tonight. And Royce O'Neal, he deserves all the all the plaudits and, and all the applause, despite the fact that he has been inconsistent. He hits the ones we need. He's got what, what like two, three game winners for the for the Nets this year. I'll take that in a goddamn heartbeat. Yeah, this is I think his third game winner. I mean, this one technically, I guess maybe he's not a game winner, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. close enough for us and the point of the podcast. But I mean, he was maybe even inconsistent through the game a little bit. Defensively, he was kind of hot and cold in this one too. But again, makes the plays down the stretch and was part of the you know, the starters that came with the right intensity and gave the Nets that early lead and gave them at least a little momentum. And, you know, the Warriors are a team of runs. You have to match their runs. And the Nets did a great job of that tonight. 
Yeah, 60 to 44. That's how, how the, the plus 16 in the second half for the Brooklyn Nets. And all, the large majority of that was, was Claxton Kyrie, but also shout outs to Royce. But I think Joe deserves a, a little bit yeah. of credit as well, Nick. I think he's been shooting the ball really well. 31 minutes for him tonight, 5 8 from the field, 4 7 from three, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, plus nine, 14 points. I thought his defense was a little bit better than in games past. The straight line drive, I know a lot of people weren't happy about that. Like, oh, Joe, he's going to drop the ball here, but. I'm like, he knows how to do these straight line drives. So I think Joe deserves a, some credit too in, in stepping up in, in Kevin Durant's absence because everyone needs to chip in that little bit more. And, and Joe certainly did tonight as well. Yeah, knocking down threes is always going to be huge for him. That's where his impact is going to be felt because of the gravity he can have off ball and his off ball movement. And as you mentioned, the drive was nice. You know, it's nice to see him getting back to the rim. You know, a lot of these drives have stopped at the elbow or stopped, you know, in weird spots, and he's had to pick up the ball, and that's not where he's comfortable. But he did a nice job of finishing it off. And defensively, you mentioned, you know, he got cooked a couple times, but he was aggressive. And I'd rather see him be aggressive and get cooked than play conservative and give up easy buckets. No, and 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 not give away dumb fouls either. Yeah. Like you know, not give away ticky tack sort of fouls. That didn't happen tonight. I think the Nets did a a good job of of not fouling tonight for the most part. And you know, they. I think the second half they were substantially better than the first half with the rotations, yeah. and that led to less fouls because they gave Kavon Looney too many like touch fouls in that first half. Yeah, and their transition defense left a, a little bit to be desired. You know, some of the fast break points, the transition sort of threes. But they cleaned that up. Credit to yep. Jacques Vaughn for, for getting into the guys and, and calling those little timeouts here and there. But yeah, Joe, the last couple of games, you know, three of six from three uh, against Utah, four of four uh, against uh, Phoenix. Uh, you know, he's getting back to a, a nice little rhythm there. And, you know, he'll get back to that 40 sort of percent mark pretty easily, pretty quickly. And, you know, he's going to be, you know, hit and miss in terms of defense and hit and miss in terms of stuff outside of that. But I think once KD comes back, I guess I'll ask you outside of Joe, there's a question that I saw posed or, or a topic I saw posed on, on Twitter. Are you worried about now the burden and offensive and maybe even defensive load that's being placed on Kyrie Irving? With Kevin Durant out, can you can Kyrie continue to handle thirty eight plus minutes in in the absence of of the superstar that is KD? Yeah, I think we'll have a better idea of that. You know, on Tuesday, I think uh, Frank Iosa reported um, that we'll spo- we're supposed to get an update on Kevin Durant on Tuesday. And the longer he's out, you know, the more important it is to limit those minutes. If we get a report that KD will be back in the next week or two, I think you're a little bit less worried because. Durant comes back. Now there are options for you to rest Kyrie a little bit more or even maybe give him a night off against some of these teams. And the schedule hasn't been super crazy and they're about to get two days off. So hopefully they can find him a little bit of rest when the matchups against, you know, the Pistons and even the Knicks, maybe where they cut that from 39 down to, you know, 35 or something along those lines. But it's going to be tough because the lack of offensive creators, playmakers and scores in really just how bad a lot of the bench scores are playing. Like there it's just a lot on Kyrie and the Nets need him to play this well to win because other guys are playing so poorly. Yeah, this four or five game stretch where we did the prediction on, on how the Nets are going to perform, they've already exceeded mine. Mm-hmm. I, I predict, you know, they've got the two wins and now they'll go up against a, a red hot Philadelphia 76ers team. And I think and they the, lost to the bad teams, not that. <laughs> yeah. And look, I'll, I'll just take the wins. I, I don't care who they're up against as long as, long as they're W's. And the, the Nets, as long as they hang around that sort of four C, you know, get some home court advantage because when Kevin Durant is back, it, it just, it just, it's going to solve a lot of issues. But yeah, there is, there are 
some concerns, but as you alluded to, a nice couple day break before that Philadelphia 76ers game is going to be a, a real luxury. But the fact that Kyrie Irving was able to perform as well as he did back-to-back after the Phoenix game against Utah and then back it up again a couple days later against the Golden State Warriors, one of the form teams of the NBA, as you alluded to, Nick, it's a, it's a full credit to him. And hopefully he can continue to be consistent because there was that mini slump that had me included throwing plenty of slander around. And he just threw my... Uh, threw a massive pie and egg on my face and it tastes delicious. I'm I'm really glad that to be eating that humble pie right now, but hopefully the Nets can continue to somewhat get some, uh, a little bit of rest here or there, or hopefully KD's back sooner rather than later um, when he's not enjoying Drake concerts. But in, in saying that it's, it's good to get the W and is it time for the BS report, Nick? Yeah, I, I guess one more, uh, let's go to the BS report. We'll save the- Tyree stuff for another day. The BS report. Let's start with the stat line from Benjamin David Simmons. 29 minutes, 36 from the field, one or two from the free throw line. Had 11 assists tonight. Only the three boards. Did have a block, did have a steal. Only the two turnovers was minus two for his seven points. How would you kick off the BS report, Nick? Yeah, I mean, it's it seems to be a consistent trend of inconsistency. Like you have stretches and flashes of Ben being really good or him having a positive impact in certain parts of the game and also doing things that just make you scratch your head. You know, the two plays negatively that stick out. We had him in the post against Steph Curry, had good position, tries to force a pass to Utah on a cut where he easily could have backed him down and probably got a layup or to the free throw line. Actually, I got two two more plays. And then we saw him have a, a blown layup in the second half where he had a wide open shot at the rim and he just forced it. And then he also had a spin move in this game where instead of spinning to the glass and just giving himself an open shot at the the rim, he spins into the Warriors players and takes a fading like hook push shot that barely touches the rim. It's just the reaction around the rim and his shooting is just so confusing. You can tell the, the level of hesitancy is there and it's drastically having an impact. And then other times he's going full on aggressive. I I'm just, it's hard to process what he's processing when he's around the rim. Yeah, I have not. And all the plays you pointed to were the ones that frustrated probably me and, and every Nets fan around the world and Ben Simmons fan around the world yeah. too, because and probably Ben Simmons too, to be honest. Yeah. Look, uh, I, there's going to be, you know, some practice time. I, I, you show the film to Ben because that third quarter, his defense was out of sight. You know, he was yeah. just really on. I thought his defense was was quite positive tonight. But whenever he does DHOs or he screens for someone, he just like it's a it's a pick and and stop or a pick and nothing. Like he just doesn't roll. Like yeah. it's. it's 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 infuriating. Like he just he doesn't almost puts wanna... himself in a position where he he can't get the ball. Yeah, and I think that he doesn't. There's he doesn't want to have the ball in his hands, and that's that's a shame because he could put he put up seven points tonight in like over, on six percent. He could easily put up ten points with his eyes closed. If Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, Seth Curry, T.J. Warren, these guys can get fifteen plus points, then a guy that's six foot ten and has the athleticism and and frame that he does should be easily able to do what he does. And again, the Nets went on an extended offensive stretch where he was out and you know Kyrie and Clax were really dominating. There were times where Ben was out there and the Nets were, looked relatively positive. You know, he was the next best in plus minus outside of the starters and, and any other player, uh, mind you. But his... His mental, uh, where he is at mentally is just, I, I have no idea because I, I it's it's like reading, 
reading a different language or reading you know the bible in a different language you just can't decode it like i, I just yeah. don't know what it is that 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 is that going through his head when he has the ball and he's you know he has an offensive opportunity what is he thinking because that layup was like glaring like it was just one of the worst missed shots i've ever seen as a, as a fan and it's just and, like and like it's crazy to say is like that's a shot that's like getting knocked down in every rec league in america <laughs> Like I could do that with my eyes closed. Ben yeah. could do that with his eyes closed. He is, there is a clearly something going on up there and the mental effects, the physical, the physical effects, the mental. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes with his mental stuff. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes with his back stuff. He's obviously missed a few games here and there, but look, the, the BS report is something that is going to be ever evolving and ever critical and ever positive and ever, ever negative. It's going to be all the things in between, but I, I don't know how to continue analyzing Ben Simmons when he can provide so much and so little at the same time. Yeah, and it, it's frustrating too is because sometimes he looks really good athletically defensively and then he like forgets how to do that in offense. You know, the same movement sometimes just don't correlate to the other end of the floor. And it just is, as you mentioned, just kind of confusing. And I want to see Ben be successful, but it's gotten to the point where it's frustrating and you're just hoping to get some level of positivity. And sometimes you're just hoping that his minutes aren't impacting Clax negatively or Kyrie negatively because there's still just a lot of offensive possessions that he ruins because of his lack of looking at the rim. Yeah, and he had a couple little dinkies, dumpers. His hook shot is hit or miss, that's for sure. The, it's the a lot harder hook. when you're fading the way he is on every shot. And it's crazy because he's usually physically stronger or taller or longer than the person that's trying to defend him And for some reason. There's a play where he drove on Steph Curry in this game, and he's fading away from Steph Curry. Like, you have six inches and 40 pounds on this guy, go into his chest, try to dunk the ball, or, you know, aggressive lap and get to the rim and maybe get some free throws. But we know he doesn't want to go to the line. I think every rotation player for the Golden State Warriors tonight would have been shorter than Ben Simmons. You know, yeah. Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, their centers are six, seven, six, nine. Looney's that... the only one where you understand fading away. Everyone else is go at them. Yeah, but it's a discussion that can be had for for many, many a day. And that's the BS report. We need to find a sponsor for it. If you got <laughs> one, jump into the DMs at Jack Manuel J A C M A N U E double L. The bench minutes, Nick, certainly left a lot to be desired, but Seth provided something, not necessarily from three. Uh, the highest scorer, the only guy in double digits in 31 minutes, five or seven from the field, one or three from three. Did have four assists, a steal, and a block, but did have five turnovers, which led the team um, in that department for his 12 points. Edmund Sumner drive, drive, drove the ball well. Uh, I, I like his aggression there, and it allowed him to get to the free throw line a little bit. Utah continues to be inconsistent, but I think, again, it's a product of his role outside of when Kevin Rand isn't there uh, and when he's not alongside you know, Kyrie Irving. I think you just need to align his minutes with the stars. And TJ Warren seemed to be a little... He, he looked to be a little bit sore. You know, We saw that in the sort of first half when he was uh, subbed out, but he still got a couple of field goals. What were your thoughts on, on the bench overall? They were generally a net negative, but there were some timely buckets at times. And I thought yeah. Utah's screen and I think some yeah. of his rebounding is is, is something that I, that I do enjoy. Again, I'm a bit of a sicko when it comes to the boards, but and, and maybe I'm uh, blinded by the irrational subjectivity of my love for Utah Watsonabe. He certainly hasn't been to the standards that he set at the early points of the season, but he's still a guy that you can give 10 to 15 minutes to in an eight, nine-man rotation. Yeah, honestly, I thought everyone on the bench was bad. 
Uh, I wasn't really happy with the play of anyone. Seth had 12 points, but he had the five turnovers. You know, continues to make, like, mental mistakes. There was a play on the missed free throw where he got cooked by Jordan Poole. It's just lazy and not being engaged. And obviously he's getting asked to do more than he's probably capable of offensively. But still, there's times where he's just not making the right play. Uh, Utah's play has really kind of fallen off a cliff since December and Katie being out. And I think obviously a big part of that is Kevin Durant. But I think he could be running out of gas or the hamstring could be hampering him a little bit. His three-point stroke doesn't look quite as confident. And defensively, he seems to be getting beaten a little bit more. Edmund Sumner is... You're always trying to find the balance of aggressively attacking and staying under control. And it's always just kind of that mix for some there. It's a little bit tougher against like a really, you know, veteran and locked in team like Golden State and TJ Warren. Um, he, he's starting to disappoint a little bit, but I think it's expected because he you can just tell there's a lack of confidence in his body and he's not very aggressive in situations where he should be aggressive. And then other times he's forcing up shots that are contested or in tough situations. So it's just like. This group has to be better, and it's actually almost incredible that they still got the win with their bench performing as bad as they did with Golden State's bench, you know, coming in and providing a ton. You know, Kaminga outplayed everyone in Brooklyn's bench. Quite yeah, quite easily. He's he's like one of their four or five best players, and they got twenty th- from him, thirteen from Divincenzo, and fourteen from Looney. Yeah, they're, they're all, all quality rotation guys. Those are guys that are going to play extended minutes in the postseason, whereas you know the four guys that you alluded to, TJ is probably the guy that gives you the most confidence. If his body's okay, Utah, I said at the start of the year, that he could be there, but that's a, a discussion for another day as we get closer to the playoffs, if and when the Nets do make it. But the stat, looking at the sort of the team stats, Nick, on, on ESPN.com, they're very, very similar you know, across the board, but the one that sticks out is that the Nets came back from a 17-point deficit. That's just a greater heart, great grit, and just great talent and, and offense and, and defensive two-way play from your, your two stars. And, and again, I'm going to call Clax a star until he proves otherwise. And, and I'm knocking on wood because I want him to continue playing like a star. But yeah, to come back from that deficit, hell of a win. It's a reason why we put it in the top one, two, three, four, or five best wins uh, this year. For me, recency bias, I'm giving it as the best one. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I think you could say that given how many guys stepped up in the starters without Kevin Durant. You know, we mentioned Kyrie was amazing, Clax was amazing, and Royce had a good game, and Joe had a good game, and Ben was Ben. But those four guys played really well, and they're going to be four guys that you know that you're probably going to count on, and they're still in the team in the postseason. And it's good to see them starting to ascend their play. And also it's great to see, as you mentioned, you know, the three-point shooting taking strides forward, 14-27. to 27. That's a good three-point shooting night. You shoot fit over 50% from three, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, the Nets are going to be hot or cold. Uh, it just seems to me that they're, it's the way that they play, you know, when it comes to shot making. Like if Royce hits a couple and Joe starts hitting him and Kyrie starts hitting, you know, some crazy ones because he took some, he, he hit some crazy ones tonight. Like he all felt good. <laughs> and then I'm just like, all of them are like good shots. Like just take that shot. That's a good shot for you. Like, PG-13 might not have thought it was Damian Lillard, but like Kyrie Irving can take any shot that he wants because it's good offense for him. His isolation play is is out of this world. And against a good defensive team in the Golden State Warriors, uh, I just thought that, you know, this is one of the best games Kyrie Irving has played. And people were talking about, you know, is the Orlando Magic 60-point game his best one or is the Utah Jazz one his best one? Rank those three games. That's a good way to, I think, maybe end the pod, Nick. You know, the Utah Jazz, six, the 48-point game, which you recapped and, and dived into beautifully. The game against Orlando where he put up 60 in like 25 minutes and then tonight's performance, you know, it's 
it's hard to rank them. There's a lot of like desires and there's a lot of nuance to it. But give me a ranking on those three, mate. Yeah, I think Orlando was special because it was just like dropping 60 is just something that's incredible to do. And the efficiency he did in that game and some of the shots he hit, you know, there's like a play he scores on like Wendell Carter in that game that's like stuck in my head. So that's like a game that I feel like I'll never forget. And especially with all of the nonsense that had happened that year for him to have a game like that, that's probably number one for me. Utah would be number two. I thought that was, you know. Maybe overall, like all around performance, that was maybe his best performance as a net and one of probably the best of his entire career because of what he did. And tonight's not far behind. It's just a little bit less productive from a scoring perspective. But you saw the uptick in assists. And also, as we mentioned, you know, he put the clamps on Steph Curry. You know, he forced to travel late in this game. He had, you know, Steph hesitating down the stretch one of the best players if not the best player in the NBA getting clamped up by Kyrie, who's not known as a good defender credit him you know this was you know it's funny is if utah is his best game of the season this is his second best game of the season yeah which is which is awesome to say you know that stretch since the fourth quarter uh, against the phoenix suns which frustrated me i'm no longer frustrated with kyrie irving i'm i'm loving what he's doing and the only argument you can have for tonight's game in terms of ranking those three is the quality of the opponent yeah and they are and then in the absence of kevin durant you know the, the 60 put the 60 piece i think kevin durant was healthy in that one the utah jazz game as you alluded to is similar in terms of getting the team on his back and it was essentially a, a one-man job and he just is like you know what get a, j- jump on board guys i'm gonna get us this game and uh, and, and on a back-to-back as well it, the the timing of that is, is huge but yeah I, I love tonight's game despite all of it nick and i'd probably give this the same ranking but tonight was still special the leadership is also upticked you know it's going out there and setting the tone. I think he mentioned after the Utah game. And when you lead by example like that and you play as hard as he's playing all around, guys are just going to step up. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not to be like the the body language armchair sort of expert, but seems to me like he's given those high fives to Joe. Yeah. He's given the high fives to Clax, all, all those little things. And look, Kyrie Irving has led a team before in Boston and they were relatively successful, didn't get the, the ultimate success. But there is a leadership style and a... A gravity and a charisma to to what Kyrie Irving and how how he plays and and what he does and how he performs. But yeah, hopefully he can continue to lead in, in if the, the way he played tonight, the way he played against Utah. If he can produce 90 percent of that, they're going to have a pretty good chance against the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, he was locked in last time he went up against James Harden too. So we'll we'll see how that all plays out. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks everybody for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.